first-time lord. I'm Daniel Levain, and I'm a first-timer as it pertains to Doctor Who in that I had never seen it up until I started the show. And of course, now I am hooked. I can't wait. And every week I sit down and I discuss my thoughts on what I have just seen. And this week we're doing things a little differently because we just finished the entire run of Series 2. And so I want to talk about everything that I've experienced through Seasons 1 and or Series 1 and 2. And I I'm bringing in a very special guest. Uh, this person is also a first-timer. They're watching the episodes like me. Uh, in fact, they're watching it with me because my guest this week is my lovely wife, Shannon Levain. Hello. <laughs> Welcome to the show. It's exciting to have you here for the first time. <laughs> well, I'm excited to be here. <laughs> It'll be great to finally be able to uh, not just share the episodes while we're watching them, but now share our conversation with our dear listeners. <laughs> and uh, I think mine always end up with, when are they going to kiss? When are they going to kiss? Because I know that's <laughs> what I say through most episodes. So when you say, when are they going to kiss? Do you mean David Tennant? And Rose and, and uh, Billy Piper, or did you mean Eccleson and Billy Piper? Oh, my 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 love for when are they going to kiss starts with 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 Chris definitely because I'm a I'm a Chris girl. Mm, so yes, so far, I am. he out of the two series that we watched, is he your favorite? It's so hard. There's there. Uh, no, because I love David Tennant, but you know, at the same time, I was devastated when Chris left. It made me sad, but you know, there was something so just there was something so calm yet joyful about his Doctor Who. I loved watching him just navigate through everything. I loved his relationship with Rose. It was just I. I always felt like they made it seem like he was so old, like it was like, ooh, he couldn't be with her. She's so young. And I get there's a dynamic age difference between the actors themselves. But at the same time, I didn't care. <laughs> I didn't care. <laughs> Excellent. Well, uh, so uh, that our listeners know, uh, they know that I didn't watch Doctor Who until recently and how I came to it. Uh other than I sat down and said, I'm doing this podcast and I'm watching these episodes, uh, what are your thoughts? How did you come to Doctor Who? Uh, do you like it? Well, the funny thing is, is that, no, I've never been, you know, you know, we, we were never in the Doctor Who world. The closest I can remember to being even knowing anything about Doctor Who is walking through nerd shops, walking through, you know, like box lunch and seeing, you know, you see Doctor Who stuff. And of course, I'm not an idiot. I pay attention. There's a, a blue old fashioned police box. Do you know what I mean? So when you see that symbol so much, you start to learn, oh, that's a TARDIS. Okay, Doctor Who TARDIS. Got it. You know, I didn't really know about the electric screwdriver thingy until we really started watching it. But the TARDIS, I was well aware of what that symbol was and who that related to. And I was well aware of people's ideas of what Doctor Who was as a show. I had just, you know, I'm a nerd in my own right, obviously, but I'm a nerd by marriage as well. So you've pulled me into a lot of things, but this was just never something we 
were a part of. It wasn't a world or a universe we ever, you know, like engaged in, so to speak. So that's the extent to which I knew it. I was never against it. I knew that David Tennant was a Doctor Who. And of course, I love David Tennant. My first thing with David Tennant was Broadchurch to go on a sidebar. But, you know, (laughs) British murder mystery stuff is my thing. So I already kind of fell in love with him in that. So hearing that he was a part of this, it was like, okay, cool. And then when you dragged me in it, I mean... I was surprised. I think you and I sat there first episode and were so surprised by how much we just fell in love with it. Like instantly, like no questions asked. We didn't need to be coerced after that point. We were just like, holy crap, where has this been our whole lives? This is, this is amazing. Do you know what I mean? So, and of course there was just something I, and I've said this to you before when we've watched it, there is something so just joyful about, you know, Chris Eccleston's performance in it. I love Billy Piper. I mean, I love Rose Tyler. Like I love how she does everything. I love how she's progressed through the two, you know, the two seasons or whatnot. Um, I was excessively mad when, you know, Chris went away and, you know, transformed into the new Doctor Who. And you know, I was because I just, as much as I love David Tennant, I was like, nope, 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 nope. I'm a Chris girl. That's it. I don't, I I can't do this. And then of course you get David Tennant. And literally, I think what I loved the most about him was that he tried to personify certain characteristics that Chris made Doctor Who, particularly the smile. There's something about there, there. There's a similarity. I feel it, you know, like, like he tried to honor Chris's doctor who with that, you know, that kind of gentle joy. But the weird thing about David is he brings this, he brings this edge to it. There's not that calming joy that Chris was. He brings a very mischievous turn to his his portrayal of doctor who it's very sweet and, 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 and genuine, but such mischievousness. And I, I'm sorry. I know Then I just literally flashed to little Barty jr. And I just see him (laughs) as, you know, that nasty, you know, that nasty death eater, but that is totally not what his perception that the two different worlds, but still, I just, I mean, I, of course I've fallen in love with David Tennant. How can you not fall in love with him as, as you know, and I think the dynamic with him is difference is that it's like, it's like Chris and Billy, there was a, such a connection. There was such a love. And at times you would sit there and go, is it just like best friendship? Is he kind of like, is it, is it like a father daughter thing? Is it like an uncle, like niece mm-hmm. thing? And yet I didn't care. I didn't want to see it that way. I wanted to see it as, no, these two have a connection and they do love each other very much. And so when they finally got that kiss, I was so freaking happy. And then it just, nothing, you know, then he changed. But then there's something different about the relationship between, you know, David Tennant and, and, and Billy Piper's Rose, because he's a little bit, you know, there's a little bit more of a playfulness to him and a, and a youngness to him where it seems like there could be much more of this. There's a much more instantaneous blossoming, like sexual tension between them. If I may, like, that's what I feel like right off the back after she got over the fact that your face is different, but you're still my doc, you know, you're still doctor who it was, it was like, okay, game on. There's, there's something going on here. There's something happening here. And 
if I jump forward to the end, I'm just going to start to cry. <laughs> well, we'll get there. We'll get there. But so you you definitely uh, clinged on to the, the, the romantic or the, just the relationship in general between the doctor and Rose. Um, did you come? Do you think that part of the reason you got sucked into this so wholeheartedly is because of your affection to British uh, shows because you mentioned uh, you've watched uh, David Tennant and other things. You like British mystery shows. You watched all of the um, Daunton Abbey stuff. Yep. I mean, I'm, you are quite a bit of an Anglophile. Well, you know, my mom is an Anglophile. So my mom's a true, true Anglophile. And of course, I do. I love I love British series. I love British TV. And I don't know if the funny thing, (laughs) I don't know how to explain it. If you could, if you put Doctor Who and did it as like an Americanized show, I don't know if it would have the same feel or integrity that I feel like it does as a sci-fi show in the British universe. I don't know how to explain that. I feel like it would be super extra campy and super extra like you know cheesy and not necessarily like just very or, or like, too serious right huh or, or or it would be too serious it yeah, would be or one of the two uh, the seriously end. like oh we're 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 sci-fi we must take ourselves seriously and so i don't know if that's why there's something like okay let me give an example all right <laughs> so everyone knows i'm an i'm an indie fan Obviously, I'm an Indiana Jones girl. Okay, that's 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 my my jam. So then, when the Mummy came out, you know, people started making these correlations, like, oh, they're trying to hack off of you know indie or whatever and things like that. But in reality, I remember you and me having the best conversation about the fact that the Mummy knew what it was and it would make jokes about itself, and that's what made it so great. Do you know what I'm saying? It it knew how to laugh at itself. It knew how to have fun with itself. But not everything in in the dynamic of, you know, sci-fi or adventure, action adventure knows how to do that. And some things just take themselves way too seriously. So I say that in the sense that, you know, I'm not into other series, if that makes sense. And I know there's other like cult like following series that are sci-fi that I'm not into. And some of them just when I think about them versus Doctor Who, I think those 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 series really took themselves like they were like dramatic, like, you know, you know, just, just dramatic, intense TV shows or series versus the doctor who that like literally is completely crazy off the wall, ridiculous stuff. And yet you're in it. It's happening. It's real. You're in it to win it. I don't know how to explain it. And yet you're, you know, you're involved in these far off ridiculous things about all these multiple universes and parallel universes and weird ass alien versions of stuff. And yet at the same time, it is so obscure. It is, it's just, it could be taken so ridiculously. And yet it's so grounded in these, these characters that just make it so real and so just like engaging to the point where I've sobbed through episodes because I've been so upset or so emotionally drawn to the characters or just the the fact that they travel through history. I love, I, that's the other thing I love. I not only love British, you know, TV shows, but I love period type stuff. So when they travel back into like, you know, like 
olden days and ancient times. I just, those are the episodes that I just am like, oh my gosh, they get to dress up and they get to look cool in old fashioned times. But that doesn't negate from when they jump into the future and you're like, holy crap, that's so cool. Their version of the future. Do you know what I mean? Like looking at like mm-hmm. back to the future and, and going back to the future's version of the future should have been happening now. And that ain't happening. You know what I mean? So it's just a very interesting dynamic, but no, I don't, I don't know why I feel like if this was done by any other country, I don't know how, like how much I'd enjoy it. I don't know if that makes me, you know, just a true Anglophile at best, or I don't know. Well, there is a particularity that happens uh, with British sensibilities. The the British humor is certainly more dry and a little more sarcastic. Um, but also just in general, their demeanor is so much more serious that you get to have a little more fun watching this gentleman with a British accent uh, be uh, not as British as you uh, see everything else and, sort of I, present. And, and I have to interject because I have to, I have to show respect because, you know, it's a British accent with Chris and it's the beautiful, you know, David Tennant, you know, he's Scottish. <laughs> right. Which he More only so got to use Scottish, a little bit. Which he doesn't of, even get to use it that often, you know, unless right. he's playing Scroogey McDuck. Well, he, he got to use it a little bit in one of those uh, past or period episodes, like you call them. Well, I think, and then I think, I can't remember. It's been a while since I've seen Broadchurch, uh, but I'm pretty certain he was able to go full, full flog his normal accent in Broadchurch. His normal Scottish. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's got a great accent. Uh, and it's a shame that they didn't incorporate that into his character for Doctor Who. Oh, that's right. It was the Victoria. It was the episode with Queen Victoria that he, they were in Scotland and he went full-fledged Scottish. Yep. That's right. I remember that. <laughs> yep. Tooth and Claw, the one with the uh, werewolves. The wolves, yep. Uh, the one where the Torchwood Institute was founded in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh other than the relationship and just the the fun like i mean it sounds like you're whole heartedly into this like i have been uh and it's great to hear uh it's great for our listeners to hear that as well but what what has been so far for series one what was your favorite episode for that series oh and you're, why you're, you're killing me smalls because there's i'm trying to think now I have to literally like look up like episodes to see because I'm trying to 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 think through the ones that have you know those were those were uh, Chris's. We started and it with seems the introduction like- and the plastics. We had the end of the world where he takes her into the future and we meet uh, uh, Cassandra. No, you know my favorite one. I'm going to be honest because it's the one that I can think of the most. It's a creepy one to me, but it's one of my favorite ones. Is the one where they go back to London during the Blitz. The one oh, with the yes. young girl who gets followed and she starts taking care of the kids that didn't get shipped out to the country during the, the British invade, you know, the German the invasion of Britain. And the continuation oh, the doctor dances. That was a good one in the sense that not only do I vividly remember it and it was a period one. So I love that aspect of it, but. There was something about, if I remember correctly, there was just something beautiful about 
the end result of the story because it was these these creatures that needed to feel the love so to speak of the between you know that connection because they were going to wipe out i think humankind at that point so there was there was some sort of dynamic or something that 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 chris's doc you know that that eccleston's doctor who states at the end of that episode like like so jubilous so joyful like look we say they just needed to see the love and it saved everybody the lives. in the end everybody lives rose yeah. that's uh yeah, it was the the nano uh, bots that had recreated the child after the blitz, but without having a complete information, had just built them in this empty, uh, empty life. And the the connection between the child and the mom, the nanobots were able to fill in the blanks and restore the child. And then because they were able to restore the child, they were able to literally restore everybody else. Yeah, uh, I think looking looking at the episodes, I mean, that is definitely freaky because they're wearing those weird like gas masks of the 50s. Are you my mummy? <laughs> yeah. Are you my mummy? Are you my mummy? But just the 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 just the sweet, you know. I mean, obviously, they do a lot of stuff in historical times in London, and I love that. Do you know what I mean? Because what a cooler place to be <laughs> than historical, like, London town, basically. But, yeah, I mean, I I loved that. Um, I think I, I also, you know... There were different there were there were different episodes when I think I, I can't remember which episode, but I loved meeting Rose's mom. And and you know for a fact that the minute I saw her, I'm like, I know I know this person, I know this person, I know this person. And um, you know, she's from um oh now I'm gonna blank on the name of the movie. Uh, four weddings at a funeral? No, not four weddings and a funeral. It's a movie with John mm. Goodman. Um, oh, King, King uh, Ralph. There you go. King yeah. Ralph. She plays the love interest, the the actress um, that plays as Rose's mom. And I'm blanking on her name. How bad of me. But um, but yeah, I just I love I loved meeting, you know, I loved meeting her. That was just, you know, super, super cool. Um, just that character. There's just the dynamic of, you know, her mom and her and stuff. Um, and of course, you know. I think what I've also enjoyed is watching um watching Mickey's like growth <laughs> development as well. That's been that's been kind of fun watching watching that happen as well as Rose. She's grown up. She's grown up a lot in the time from you know the the first the first episode through, you know, the end of season 2 or whatnot. It's like transformation. And she's yeah, she's definitely had a journey. Um the, the those are great episodes too. I mean the the empty child and the doctor dances. I think were for me in series one the most iconic episodes in that it just felt like this is what a Doctor Who episode is. Um, I really like the Father's Day episode though. I think that overall has to be my favorite, which is the first time oh, we meet. Oh yeah, Rose's dad. Well, I forgot. Were the empty child and the doctor dances a two-parter? Yes, they were. They're... See, and I didn't. I, I, and 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 I, I remember that because I think I remember going after the first one, going, wait, wait, where's the next one? Like, I need to, like, I need to know what's happening. I mean, and that's also the first time we meet Captain Jack Harness. I was which... going to say we meet Hottie McHottie. <laughs> that's also awesome. Yeah, and then he stayed around for quite a while. But yeah, I, there was something about the father, uh, the Father's Day episode, which of course now having seen all of series two, uh, like we get to see a lot more of Pete. 
than I thought we were. I thought this was going to be like the one and only time we got to see Pete Tyler. Uh, and the way he comes back in series two was just really cool. Uh, and again, talk about character growth from the, you know, nobody uh, sort of dreamer that he was as Rose's father to like the head of a major corporation in this new universe and then the head of the Torchwood Institute in this new universe. It, it was kind of a cool, you know, you know, you know the other thing I, I think about Father's Day, if I'm correct and correct me if I'm wrong, because I could be wrong. Is that one of the, like, I feel like that's the first time in, in, in like the series where Rose interferes with something that she's not supposed to, right? Is that the first yeah, time? She, yeah. That's the first time she's like, screw this, I'm not listening to you. And that's the first time she actually interferes and then sees kind of the, the repercussions of interference in yeah, his lines. World. Yeah. But, but I mean, but because I feel, I felt like up until then she was very much so I will do what I'm told and I'll kind of like, I'll, I'll be exploratory, but I'll kind of stay within the realms of the confines. Cause it's like, she's still getting her footing. And then that episode just kind of rocket ships her into, you know, balls to the walls, badass. I'm just, you know, Rose Tyler. I got this, you know, I got this, so to speak, mm -hmm. like, oh, yeah. I'm a world traveling, you know, universe traveling person. And I'm not afraid to interfere, I guess, which is kind <laughs> of, when you think about it, that's, that's kind of what the doctor is. It's not that he interferes, but he is jumping around and kind of trying to help and assist and do things just yeah, to, fix the wrongs of the time as, as <laughs> fix the wrongs of whatever that particular time and space is. Right. Exactly. Versus trying to completely redo something that's already been done, so to speak. But so um, what, what were your thoughts when we got that final reveal? Cause in season one, the big thread was the bad wolf. Every, Every so often in the episodes, there would be a mention. You know, we've talked about this, but I am still a little confused. Like, I know we kept seeing Bad Wolf. We saw Bad Wolf written on something. We saw Bad Wolf as like a corporation name. We saw Bad Wolf written in like, I think, a different language at one point. Yeah, um, in the, the old, uh, in the Welsh language. But, but... And you've mentioned, oh, but okay, okay. So, so wait, wait. I think I remember now. So, bad wolf was something you had mentioned that bad wolf was something that we think that that Rose had gone and planted to kind of guide her way and keep her keep her thoughts in the same pathway. Uh, when she absorbs the time vortex, she is all of a sudden able to perceive time and space the way the doctor can, which is to say she's able to see all of time and space at the same time. And knowing that she absorbs the vortex in order to try to help the doctor at a specific point in time, she uh, uses that momentary you know, gain in power to sort of strew the word bad wolf across time and space as kind of breadcrumbs so that basically she would be led to understand what she needed to do at the right moment in time. 
which is ultimately why she knows that she will be fine if she does this incredibly dangerous thing, which is to absorb the entirety of the time vortex. Yeah, into because, her because he, he said multiple times, don't look, it's like, don't look directly at the light. Like, don't do it. Yeah, It'll yeah. warp your brain and well, melt it, you. And not only not only was it dangerous, but when the doctor does it, we saw that it pretty much caused the regeneration. So it pretty much completely depleted his life source as that generation of the doctor. And he had to regenerate, uh, which we now know is the way the doctors uh, the, or the Time Lords sort of cheat death. Yeah, I didn't like that part. <laughs> well, yeah, it, it was a traumatic experience, but we did uh, we we did get some really cool adventures. So, what was your favorite episode of series two? Uh, the our first full series with uh, Tenet. Okay. Hmm. Let me see. So, with David Tennant, we we start with the Christmas episode in which he's still sort of suffering from the regeneration um but we get that invasion um taking over the the planet and him ultimately saving us uh then he takes us into the future uh into the new earth uh and we see the the cat people uh, oh, that's his. right. The cat people. <laughs> right. So I think I was going to say probably my two favorite. And of course, you can, you can, you know, guess their period <laughs> episodes. I don't know why, but I'm looking. I did love the girl in the fireplace. Mm -hmm. There was something. Well, there was ro some romance. I don't know why I go to the romance. Like there was this yeah. this romantic quality of that between you know this young girl who constantly had these interactions with th the doctor through a fireplace or whatnot, and it was like, what was it? it? It felt like Versailles or something. I think it was like period piece, like French basically, or mm -hmm. you know, it was it was beautiful. Um, so that was definitely you know just the costumes, the everything. That was definitely you know one of um one of my favorites. Um, then I, I definitely, I definitely liked, um, I definitely liked the idiot's lantern with, you know, the, the, oh, the queen's coronation. Yeah. The queen's, the, you know, the, the, the queen's coronation and the live TV and all that stuff. That was just kind of neat. You know what I mean? Old, you know, back in, you know, the fifties or whatnot when the queen's coronation was, um, I mean, of of the of the recent ones, obviously, like you know, I thought it was a the the very interesting one was the um you know of one of the present day one was the fear her the one one of the ones we recently watched was the the little girl that would draw the um mm -hmm. draw the the cartoon you know draw the, 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 the pictures of Olympics. the kids and that was just a, such an interesting and dynamic um story like with with the the creature that seems demonic or whatnot but is really just this sweet little tiny you know flower like alien who just misses their billions and billions of brothers and sisters and is just so alone but it's very terrorizing and it's very like creepy and sadistic but just such an interesting it's just such an interesting idea you know what i mean like where they come up with these ideas i think is one of the the dynamic 
you know, dynamic things. Oh, I just thought of another one from season one, by the way. And you can, uh, yeah, okay. yeah. Period piece. One of the, one of the, one of the first ones, it was, I can't, was it the, um, it was the, the one quiet dead where they meet, uh, where she gets to dress up and it's one of the first times Rose yes. is like, Ooh, I get to dress up and she gets to be all like turn of the century, like London. And she, you know, gets her to, to dress up and wear all the stuff. And that yeah, one was pretty meet, cool. Uh, Dickens. Yep, exactly. I, I do remember that one. That was a really neat one. Just this, this, just the sets and the dynamic and the story and the old London, you know what I mean? It was just super cool. Well, and and any episode in which there's an insinuation of ghosts uh, definitely has my interest. And that was sort of that first foray into, here's ghosts. Oh, wait, no, it's Doctor Who. They're not ghosts. They're aliens, (laughs) Uh, which is great. Um, So in in Series 2, we just got through Doomsday, and you mentioned it a little bit. Um, so share your thoughts. What, what did you think of, uh, Rose's story of this is how I died? It was just, it, it's like that longing heartbreak. Like she finally admits and we, it's not like anyone's blind to the fact that she's in love with the doctor. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why there's a like I said I've already said there's a different dynamic between the relationships between her and the first doctor Eccleston's doctor and her and Tennant's doctor but it's just devastating just just devastating to think that that you know <laughs> like you're never going to see each other again and yet you know he's out there and you, and you, it's just that that it's just heartbreaking to me it's so heartbreaking how much you know they they, they do. And he did, he did love her. And yet, you know, now they're trapped. They closed up the, you know, the, the, the hole in the dimensions or whatnot. She's still alive. She's just in a completely new dimension with her mom and with, with Mickey, who's been there, but it's the original Mickey. That's the irony. The, the, the original Mickey that already jumped into that dimension. And then she's with her not original dad, but in the new dimension dad, so to speak. So it's just, it's like, but it's, I think what was heartbreaking about it is that she was more desperate to be with the doctor and just tell her mom and her new dimension dad and Mickey to just go and live your lives. It's okay. She was just that willing to be with the doctor or die next to the doctor basically versus, you know, being over there. I think it's, I, I don't know. Part of me feels like she would have rather just been sucked into the sucked into the pit of death and just died than have to live knowing that he's out there somewhere and there's no way for them to get to each other. Yeah, I think you're right. I I think she would have rather just died. I think she would have rather just been sucked in knowing that, she, the, you know, that, that knowing that she was at least with him one last moment than knowing she's going to live the rest of her life with him, like as if so close yet, yet nowhere near where she is. Well, and there, there was definitely um, a lot of foreshadowing in this season of that relationship and the ultimate separation that was uh, obviously going to have to happen. Um, And I think in school reunion, 
uh, where we fee- first meet Sarah Jane, or at least we, as in you and I, first met Sarah Jane. Uh, Doctor Who fans knew of her uh, long before. But I think that's, for me, that's when I first got that sort of pang in my heart with the idea that... Oh, that it's not forever. Like, being right. his companion isn't forever. And that, I didn't even think of that, and I didn't even foreshadow that, because I was just honestly, just I was blinded. I was like, no, Rose is going to be with him forever. Well, and I, uh, as I said in the in the podcast, uh, up until that episode, I only knew Rose to be the companion. Uh, you know, being a new fan to the to the fandom, I didn't know that there were all these other. I mean, I knew because I knew that the Doctor existed. But I emotionally hadn't really connected with anybody else. So to me, she was the only one. And all of a sudden, when we we're getting introduced to Sarah, it it completely shook me because, of course, she's not the only one. And it's when you're so presented long, with there's that. There's going to have been others. Well, right. that episode is definitely, that was, that was what I was about to say, just in the sense that the the utter like excitement and joy that just exuded from Tenen's performance during that like seeing a long lost love that he hasn't seen in forever mm-hmm. was just so just sweet um although if i recall it was a little jealous inducing i think for rose a bit where she there was oh, a little, there was a little bit of like hey lady he's <laughs> now back off <laughs> Well, until they sort of realize that they're not competition exactly. for his affection. Um, but if anything, it's uh, at least for me, that was the episode. And I mentioned it in the podcast as well, that it reminded me of that uh, beautiful Queen song of um, Who Wants to Live Forever. Mm. Uh, because here's this, you know, clearly here's this double-hearted man who has two hearts and loves with both of them wholeheartedly. And you could see that when he sees Sarah Jane, how happy he is to see her, how happy he is to see that she's doing well, that she's sort of following along, you know, that she's investigating, she's curious, uh, and how clearly uh, painful it is for him to know that he just couldn't be with her. Uh, and then to see that moment in Doomsday where the portal closes and he doesn't get to say, I love you to Rose, and instead he's just crying. It just, the that episode with the that long narrative that it set up in my head of, you know, here's this unfortunate immortal person who is going to move on Regardless of what happens, regardless of what he feels, he's going to move on. And at some point, Rose will not be able to follow. Uh, and so to all of a sudden happen so tragically and so quickly, I think that's the part that was most heartbreaking for me. Yeah. No, I and then and then I don't know if I'd be, you know ruining anything if i happen to say and then who the hell is the chick in the wedding dress <laughs> well i i think that's the uh question that we were we're definitely going to find out next week when we finally get to talk about the runaway bride 
Uh, but before we uh, leave, uh, what do you think? Uh, what do you think the future is now for the for the doctor? What do you think we're going to see? Is he is he going to be changed by this event? Uh, is he? I, you know, I, I I I don't know. I don't I see. We it's like we don't have a reference point. Like to know, obviously, with. Um, you said her name and now I just blanked his, the, the reunion. Rose. Oh, the runaway bride. No, 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 no. The reunion episode where he ran back. Oh, Sarah into Jane. Sarah Jane. Okay. So obviously it seems like there was definitely a, a connection. You know what I mean? Like, like, like similar to what he has now with Rose, there seems to be a possible connection, even though it feels now like, like to me, it felt like maybe there once was, but Sarah Jane moved past it, realizing that, you know, that that couldn't be so to speak so i don't know how his past relationships with other companions are so i just so i don't know if he really you know just fell hard for you know for rose because of how much she fell for him like it, it feels like it was so mutual the love they had for each other i don't know if this is going to you know like like when someone says, I just can't do that again. Do you know what I mean? Like, I can't do that again. I can't, I can't open my heart up. And yet, like, even if it wasn't romantic, there was still such a, such a loving relationship between the two of them because he was always devoted to bringing her back to saving her. The promise he made to Jackie, to her mom. Do you know what I mean? He always goes back to that. Like I, there's always this protective nature of her more than anything in the world of Rose more than anything in the world that I'm curious how his relationships are going to be if, and when we find he has another companion or takes on another companion, I'll just be curious to see how he, you know, evolves from this very kind of intense kind of like sweet love affair he had with Rose Tyler, so to speak, that was just so gentle and pure and, and, and how that affects his relationships with, with other individuals. I mean, I don't know, maybe he does the whole, you know, he's, he's mischievous. That's kind of how I see him. He's, he's sweetly mischievous. I don't know if he's going to, you know, go on a crazy path and just go like balls to the walls and just, you know, go on a, go on a destructive tear through the universe or, you know, like I have no idea just because of, you know, the, the, the funny playfulness that is, you know, David Tennant's doctor who I have no idea. I'm excited. I'm kind of <laughs> want to know who the hell the chick is. Cause I'm a little, you know, I'm, I'm a little protective of Rose, <laughs> even though they're dimensions away, I still have hope. I don't know why I really want that to, to, to be I, Hey, it's Dr. Who for Frick's sake. Anything can happen, right? He could blow a freaking another hole in the universe and find his Rose again and get her back. Like that's what I want. Okay. I, I mean, Mickey did say that uh, when when Rose asked him, how come you get to come back? I thought the doctor said we couldn't. And Mickey says that's not the first time he's been wrong. So oh. maybe maybe there's so maybe there's still Rose hope. Tyler, your doctor's out there. <laughs> You'll have him. Well, thank you so much for joining me for this super fun conversation uh, to getting to reminisce about our favorite episodes and getting to share your side of the love affair that you've gotten to have with the doctor. It's all about the love affair. I really do. She, folks, she has. She is obsessed 
with the doctor and his romantic entanglements with Rose. So we'll see what happens now that Rose is on the other side of a dimensional barrier. Drives our 12-year-old son very, 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 I don't know, annoyed with his mom. Yes, it does. And thank you, dear listener, for making it to the end of yet another fantastic First Time Lord episode. Do us a favor and stop on by our website, firsttimelord.com. Leave a comment on the episode. Let me know what you think. So far, two series is in. And uh, as my wife has made it abundantly clear to all of you, we are both, both, you know, knee deep in our fandom and can't wait to just keep wading into the waters of Doctor Who. So leave us a comment, let us know. Uh, Check out the shop. Uh, We've got some t-shirts still available on the merch shop. And of course, you can always support the show by uh, going to Patreon. Uh, I can be found as Daniel Levain on Patreon, or you can click on the link on the website and support the show that way but all support is greatly appreciated and uh we've got no time we got to jump right back into our tardis and uh let's go find out who the runaway bride is <laughs>